Hey family, thank you so much for joining us here on our YouTube channel. We pray that this sermon touches your heart and changes your life, that you and I would all be conformed into the image of His Son, Jesus. And hey, if you wanna continue to see more word like this and help us get this message of truth, this message of Jesus out to a hurting world. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. I wanna encourage you to be one of our truth partners. And you can do that by texting truth partner, one word, to 53555 today. And help us get this message of truth out to so many broken people. You and I and the whole world simply need Jesus. We love you. Thank you for being a truth partner. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon. Subscribe, ring that bell for future notifications. God bless you. Um, I want to read uh, the word of God to you and I want to minister to you before we um, end our service with a candlelight worship song. Um, but there's uh, a couple things I want to ask every family to do on Christmas morning. And I think it's important. And I, wanna, I want you to write these things down. So if you have a notepad or pen or your phone, I want you to write these things down. There's six things I want all of you to do on Christmas morning. And the first one I want you to do, um, and I'm talking to you as a pastor, um, it's not eat. Uh, so I know some of you that, that was the, you'd already wrote that down. But the, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to gather your family um, in the presence of God before gifts. I want you to take a moment and gather your family together in the presence of God before gifts. The second thing I want you to do is fathers, um, I, I'd, love, uh, I'd love you to read the Christmas story to your family. Take a moment and read the Christmas story, a couple verses um, out of one of the Gospels. And then the third thing I'd like you to do is if you have any any broken relationship in your family, I want you to just apologize. I want you to make it right. Can I get an amen about that? And maybe that's later in the day, you need to pick up the phone, call somebody. But if you have any, anyone in your family that things are just not right, let's just make it right, amen? Fourth, I want you to do communion. Have a communion moment where you remember the body and the blood of Jesus. And then five, I want, you to, um, I want you to just take a moment and pray and thank the Lord. How many of you know what a great time to thank Jesus on Christmas, amen? And I want you to, I want you to think about that. Maybe you wanna go ahead and write it down ahead of time. Um, just a list of things that you're thankful for, things that maybe there's a, a prayer you wanna write down or you wanna pray. Uh, but I want you to put some thought into that. Thank you, God, for setting me free. Thank you for, what are some of the things God's done for your family this year? If he healed you, delivered you, set you free, blessed you, made a way. Has anybody had God do anything for you this year? Come on, God did something for you. Thank him for it. Take just a moment and acknowledge him and, and thank him. And then, um, and then lastly, I want you, I want you to give. You know, give to the Lord. Um, give to each other. Uh, find somebody that you can bless on Christmas. And find, find a way to be Jesus to broken people. 
and hurting people. Can I get a big amen about that? I do all the food. Now, seventh is food. You can write that down now if you want to write that down. But we're going to do all the gifts. We're going to do all the gifts. We're going to have all the fun. We're going to have all the singing and the, and the, the food and all those kind of things. But let's, especially towards our family, let's not forget that the most important thing in our family is Jesus. Can I get a big amen about that? Two people. Come on. Can I get a big amen about that? Yeah. Those are all the people who, they don't want to say amen because they had food first. Oh, let me read that. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, go with me to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. This is a passage you could read on Christmas morning. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Praise the Lord. I feel the presence of the Lord in here today. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. The prince of peace. And of his increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Anoint me to minister it with clarity. Have your way in this place that we would leave changed. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise one more time all over the house. So let me begin by saying it's important to understand that Isaiah says his name shall be called Wonderful. I think it's beautiful that it starts with He's wonderful. I just think it's awesome. Everybody say, he's wonderful. wonderful. He's so wonderful. He says he's our wonderful counselor. How many of you ever had somebody try to counsel you? There's, no, there's nobody can counsel you like Jesus. Some of you get on the phone and call everybody and ask their advice, and you're more frustrated when you're done with it than you were when you started, because nobody counsels like Jesus. Come on, amen? His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And he gives five attributes, everybody say five. Five Five attributes to the name Jesus Christ. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And on the night that Christ was born in the manger, there were three wise men that were gathered there to be witnesses along with his mother and father, five witnesses to the birth of Jesus. Everybody say five witnesses. There are five books to the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Five books that make up the Pentateuch of the Old Testament. There's a five-fold ministry of the New Testament church. Pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and apostles. It's the five-fold ministry. Everybody say five-fold ministry. It's the five-fold ministry of the New Testament 
church. Five is a significant number to God. Five is the number of grace. On the fifth day, all the elements of the earth were created on the fifth day. Man was created on the sixth day. You have five fingers on your hand. The Bible says to humble yourself up under the mighty hand of God. There were five wounds in the body of Jesus Christ. Five is a very significant number when we talk about Jesus. And in this Christmas season, you know, everybody wants to talk about Santa Claus and everybody wants to talk about all the movies and all the wonderful things that um, our world has put together for Christmas, but Christmas is about Christ. And I think it's important that we keep Christ in the mass and that we lift up Jesus. Somebody say, let's lift up Jesus. It's important that we understand that, you know, that he ministered on this earth, that he left a mark on this earth. He ministered for 33 years of ministry and he revolutionized this world. And whether you believe in him or not, I bet you you've heard of him. Because he left a mark on this planet. And his name is Jesus. When he was born, there was no room for him. But to this day, there's been more buildings dedicated in his name. And more real estate has his name on it than any other name on planet Earth. Funny about the man who they couldn't make room for. And now there's more buildings dedicated to him, more churches, more real estate has his name on it than any other person who has ever lived. Somebody say his name is Jesus. Have you heard of him? And tonight I just want to give you five quick points. Five quick points that I think point to the star to find Jesus. The first one I want to give you is when the angel comes to Mary and says, Hail Mary, you are highly favored. That you shall conceive a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that he shall save his people from their sins. The first thing she says to the angel Gabriel is how can these things be seen? I know not a man. I know not a man. So the very first point I want you to write down is that man has nothing to do with God's promise. The first point I want you to write down is man has nothing to do with God's promise. Everybody say that with me. Man has nothing to do with God's promise. What I'm saying is that Mary began to realize that God doesn't need the help of a man nor his potency, nor his potential, nor his platform to see the word that he had spoken to her be performed in her life. What has God spoken to you? What has God promised you? I'm sure he's not promised you what he promised Mary. But what has he promised you? What has God spoke into your heart and into your life? And if God said it, I don't care if people argue with it, if people don't agree with it, if people may deny it, people may tell you you're crazy, but if God spoke it, come on somebody, can I get an amen? If God spoke it in your life, he will perform it in your life. What has God spoke to you? 
People can say things about you and change their mind in the morning. But if God spoke it, no weapon formed against you can prosper. And every tongue that rises against you, God will condemn. If God told you you're going to be blessed, if God told you your children are going to be saved, if God told you you're going to start a company, if God told you that you're going to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. If God told you, you're gonna be healed. If God told you, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What has God told you? What has God spoken into your heart? Because sometimes when God speaks things into your heart, the first thing you do is look for a man to agree with it. If God spoke a business into you, TC, if God spoke an opportunity into you. If God told you certain things about your child, so many people look for man's agreement. They look for man's approval. This is, no, this is the same thing Mary did. She's like, how could these things be? Seeing I know not a man. If God spoke it into your heart, he will perform it. Somebody say he will perform it. God will do it in your life. And don't give up on it. Don't abort your baby. Don't abort your dream. A dream that God places down in your heart and down in your life, don't abort it. In fact, when the pain really starts to come, that's just an indication. I remember my wife when, when she had all of our children. And I remember the first time I went in, you know, with her. And, uh, you know, she's like, I'm having pain. I'm having, you know, I'm having contractions. And the lady would come in and look at her and she'd check her and say, no, you're not ready. And then we, you know, she'd have a contraction and it'd be like every, you know, 20 minutes. And then it got down to every 10 minutes and she'd come back in and she said, no, you're still not ready. Then she didn't, Joanne would, her contractions would go from every 10 minutes to every, every two minutes. And she'd come and check her. She'd say, no, you're still not ready. And then, and then they'd get down to about every, every minute, every 30 seconds. The lady come in and say, no, you're still not ready. About the time where Joanne said, I can't tell where one contraction ends before another contraction begins. Now the, the doctor said, now you're ready to deliver the baby. I came tonight to tell somebody, if you're going through something and it feels like I can't tell where one challenge ends before another challenge begins, it's just a sign, an indication that you're close to delivering the blessing that God has promised you in your life. Don't abort your dream. Don't abort your baby. Because man has nothing to do with God's promise. Number two, write it down. Great things are often born outside of the system. Great things. Everybody say great things. Are often born outside of the system. When Mary got ready to bear down to deliver her baby, there was no room in the end. No organization no systems, no support, no accommodation. But this woman was pregnant with destiny, destiny. And she understood that great things can be born outside of the system. That many times when God gets ready to birth things in your life, it happens in vulnerable moments. When she was locked out, don't wait on the system to open up the door for you. Don't wait on everything to be just perfect and just right. You'll never do it. 
You'll never be able to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish if you wait for everything to be perfect. Well, it's just not a good time. You know, we don't have the money to have a baby, so you'll never have the money to have a baby. Listen to the guy with eight babies. You'll never have enough money. If you add up what a baby costs, you'll never have a baby. But why would God give you money for a baby you don't have? Don't add up what it's going to cost to get married. Get married. You start adding it up, you're never going to get married. Well, what's it going to take to do this? Money follows the ministry that God has called you to do. Waters don't part until your feet get wet. You have to step out in faith. Can somebody say amen? And don't wait on everything to always be perfect. It's not always going to be perfect. Even the world won't make room for you. They didn't make room for Jesus. There's no room. The world to this day is still screaming there's no room for Jesus. They make room for everything else. They make accommodations for everything else. They make accommodations for their music, their politics, their sexual orientation, pornography, drugs, alcohol. They make room for everything else, and they're still saying there's no room for Christ. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. Things aren't always perfect. I watch, you know, Hollywood messes everything up because they show these little perfect little manger scenes. You know, it's just like they're in a barn. Here's a little pig. You know, the the little donkey, everybody's got their head bowed. I doubt it was like that. I really do. I doubt it was like that. I bet you it was a little chaotic. God only knows what Joseph was thinking. I have totally screwed this one up. I have totally, my bad, you know, failure to plan. But only, only God would birth a king in a barn. His humility. Humility. Everybody say humility. Great things are often born outside of the system. Jesus died outside of the system. He died, the Bible says he died outside of the city gates so that every one of us who have ever been rejected by the system could have a kinsman redeemer. Number three, everyone who follows you is not with you. Come on, amen. Amen. The wise men were looking for him, but don't forget Herod. Herod was looking for him too. Herod was looking for him to kill him. Don't be impressed just because people want to follow you because everybody who follows you isn't with you. Everybody who follows you didn't come to bless you. Everybody who follows you can't help you. Everyone who smiles in your face doesn't mean they endorse what you're doing. Oh, Jesus. Don't be foolish enough to think everybody likes you. 
I know mama told you everybody likes you, but she lied. Don't worry about if everybody doesn't like you. The Lord likes you. Don't worry about if everybody doesn't approve of you. God approves of you. Come on, can I get an amen about that? God approves of you. Be okay with with everybody not liking you. Don't let it discourage you. You attend creative church. How can you, how can you, you know why a lot of people don't create things? They don't create things because they're scared of somebody talking about it. What if somebody doesn't like it? And? What if somebody don't agree with it? And some people, they talk about me. I said, they talked about me too. They talked about Jesus. Everybody's not going to like you. Come on, amen. I got one who likes me. Joanne likes me. Amen, baby? The Lord likes you. God approves of it. Don't worry about people if they don't agree with you. I'm excited. I feel like throwing my shoe out in the crowd. Don't worry about it. You may not even like this sermon. I like it. I think this is amazing. I feel like I'm crushing it. I don't care whether you like it or not. God likes it. Sermons don't change lives. Quit coming to church expecting the sermon. Okay, hurry up with the worship part. Let's get to the sermon. What are you talking about? We're not here for just a sermon. We're here for Jesus. Sermons didn't die on the cross for you. Worship songs didn't die on the cross for you. Jesus died on the cross for you. What good is it to come to church and not connect to Jesus? Well, I just want the sermon. Sermons don't change lives. Judas heard every sermon Jesus ever preached. It's a heart to connect to Jesus. And I promise you, I'm not a better preacher than Jesus. Number four, keep your gifts hidden while they grow. The Bible says that Mary birthed Jesus and she took him down to Egypt and she hid him for two years because even in his infancy, if she had exposed him too soon, somebody would have gotten to him. Just because you're anointed doesn't mean you can be careless. Just because you're gifted doesn't mean you can be careless. Sometimes you have to keep your gifts hidden while they grow. Hide them when they're in their infancy. You can't tell everybody everything. Grandmama would just say, shut up. Some of y'all writing that down. Grandmama says, shut up. Some of you mess up because you tell too much. Learn to hold your peace. And quiet and confident shall be your peace. Joseph messed up because he told everybody his dream. Sharing his dreams with people who wanted to kill him. Sharing his prophecy with people who were jealous of him. Moses' mama had more sense than that. The Bible says she took him and hid him until he can no longer be hidden. Get good next year at telling people that's none of your business. <laughs> that's a good, that's, a, that's pretty good. Amen? Practice it till you get good at it. The 
Bible says, and quietness and confidence shall be your strength. You can't tell everybody everything because everybody can't handle it. Keep your gifts hidden while they grow, especially young people. You want to post everything, share everything. There There ought to be some things that God tells you that you write in a journal that your kids read about you when you die. Everything God tells you is not for you to post. If Andrew and I, we grew up, we were childhood friends. If he posted everything I told him, I wouldn't tell him nothing. I'd be like, don't tell Andrew because he's going to post it. He doesn't. I'm just picking on him. There's some things that God just wants you to keep in your heart. The Bible says that the angel came to Mary and she pondered these things in her heart. That there are some things that God wants to reveal to you that he just wants you to keep a secret between him and you. Because you know, you know who you really trust? You trust the people that can keep your secret. Come on, am I right about it? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That there are some secret places between you and Jesus that aren't for other people. It's for you and the Lord. Somebody say, it's for me and the Lord. And my fifth point, you guys ready for the fifth one? Come on, this is pretty good. We've only been here an hour. I'm going pretty good. Y'all, see, if y'all don't shout, I preach long. Because I think you're not getting it, so I just keep talking. I know how to work a crowd. Everybody's like, amen, amen. Smile, come on, amen. Here's my last one. Always lose what you have in worship. Always lose what you have in worship. You're the mother, Mary. When she gets ready to come in the house of the Lord, the Bible says that she loses Jesus in the temple when he's 12 years old. And you think about that story and you think, was she not a good mother? Of course she was a good mother. The Lord would have never entrusted Jesus with her if she wasn't a good mother. But what we learn from this text of her losing Jesus in the temple is don't, let ever, don't ever let God give you something that becomes so important to you that you can't lose it in worship. Don't let ever, don't ever let God bless you with something that makes you feel too important that when you get in his presence, you can't humble yourself. I don't have a suit that's so cute I can't worship in his presence. I don't have a degree that makes me feel too important that I can't get on my knees and worship Jesus. I don't have a possession that he's given me that makes me feel feel so proud that I can't humble myself when I get around him and I can't let tears run down my face and I can't lift my hands and I can't humble myself in his presence. There was no greater gift than Jesus. But Mary, when she got in the presence of God, she forgot about everything and she just went for his presence. When you come into God's house, 
always be willing to lay down whatever he's given you. And remember that it was God who gave it to you. The car, the home, the degrees, the education, whatever it was, always be willing to lay it down in his presence. Because he is our greatest gift. The greatest gift is Jesus. Beyond that, it is our family. And I'm gonna have my family. Actually, let me bring my family up here. We're, uh, our family, we have a lot of people in our house right now. I have my aunt and my uncle are with me from the Bahamas. Give them a big God bless you, my aunt and uncle. And I have Joanne's mom and dad. Give them a big God bless you. They're with us. So I have 15 people and three dogs. It sounds like the state fair. And then, oh yeah, so here we go. So let me, let's do this. Oh yeah, and my cousin Susie's. Give her a big God bless you. She's here too. I can't remember them all. Okay, so get together. Get close together. Get close together. Okay, well not that close. Let's do this one. Hold that one. see here. Not you, mommy. Just tell him to hold it. Let's see. Can you see daddy? Let go, baby. Just stand over there and look pretty. You're good at that. Let's see. Let's try it again. You're just supposed to stand there and look pretty, I told you. Okay. Are you guys okay? Okay. So, this is our family. So here, I'm going to leave you with this. I have eight kids. Hold still. You're a surprise. I have eight kids. And they can drive Joanne and I to our knees in prayer. Even one today. I almost sent to live with one of y'all. But I just wanna I just wanna do this. Listen to me. This gift is the only thing you can take to heaven with you. This here. With all of their things that are becoming like Jesus. And the ages. Joanne and I are in every age group in kids' ministry. Listen to me. They are, you ready, mommy? With all the gifts we're giving, these guys. Yeah! These guys. And your kids are your most precious gift. They're your most precious gift.
So on Christmas, with all the gifts they get, and all the food, and all the wonderful moments, make sure you go to every one of them, and you tell them, I love you. 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 You are all like Jesus. And I want you on Christmas to make sure that you realize the greatest gift God's given you. You're given to kids. But and I, and I know it costs and the money, but they are the greatest gift to you. Cherish these moments because at the end of your life, you will not give an account for every minute. All you can give an account for is the moments. How many of you thank God for the moments? Amen. Can you give God a big praise? Hey, I know that this sermon blessed your heart. I hope it's been an encouragement to you to become more like Jesus. That's our heart and that's our prayer. He's the X on the treasure map. He is the topic of heaven. Everything is all about Jesus. And I want to encourage you, get up in the morning, spend time with him, pray, seek his heart, seek his face, and uh, see what he will do in your life. Before you go, I want to ask you to prayerfully consider being a truth partner. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, it reminds me of Aquila and Priscilla. Who would, who would help the Apostle Paul spread the message of truth. A couple, a married couple, uh, you know, would just invest to spread the message of truth to so many hurting people. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He is truth. And you can be a truth partner today by simply texting truth partner, one word, to 53555. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the channel. Click that little bell for notifications. But thank you for your generosity. So many of you give online, you give throughout the week, all over the nation. And I just wanna say thank you so much. We're using this resource to continue to get this message of truth out to so many broken and hurting people. And uh, we wanna be a blessing to you. And so let us know how we can pray for you. You know, comment below. There's a lot of resources on uh, my website uh, that are available to you. But we want you to know how much we love you. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for being a truth partner. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon.